0: Filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au Life, culture and current events from a
1: biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Always a great pleasure to catch up on the latest political agenda developments through the week with the Australian Christian Lobby and Martin Niles, the Managing Director of the ACL, with me in the studio today. Hello, Martin. Welcome back. Good morning, Neil. Good to be here in the flesh this time. And you're in Queensland today, and I know you've got a series of important meetings on beyond our conversation here. You've been here because you were one of the guest speakers at the Church and State Summit over the weekend. Uh, give us your overall impressions. How'd things go?
0: Well, that was the first of one of many engagements while I'm here in Queensland, and it was fantastic. So uh, full credit to uh, Dave Pello, who some listeners will know for putting that on. Um, But it was a whole range of speakers that were addressing very practical topics uh, about what's changing in the political space and what that means for us as Christians today. Uh, And I was able to speak into that, and others were as well. And I got the impression that there was a good number of people there who are aware of what's going on in our nation and prepared to do something about it. Uh, And I'm encouraged because that's what I encounter everywhere I go right across the country and it's borne out in the growth, uh, the stratospheric growth of movements like ACL and the volunteer programs and so forth that we do.
1: Wonderful to hear a word like I'm encouraged because courage is what it takes Uh, To make a stand when you are brought under pressure, as is the case that is happening now right around Australia, different states and federally, uh, the pressure that's coming on the church is different to what we've experienced in generations, even that have gone before. So courage is going to be one of those necessary things. I guess when you get a whole bunch of great leaders together for a church and state summit and there's a boldness and a camaraderie that is grouping them together, that actually is an encouraging sign, isn't it?
0: It is, because you see that uh, some people's spines are being stiffened. And as Billy Graham said, uh, the courage of one person stiffens the spines of others. Uh, and there's that effect which is uh, which, which, which spreads around. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to see it. And I think that the, the driving force, and this is something I addressed in my talk, but one of the driving forces is I think that more and more Christian people across the country are starting to see that if things continue the way they're going, we're not too far away from a situation where the state is going to devour the church, if I could put it that way. Uh, and for a long time, we've wondered whether we should be politically engaged, but now we see that the political sphere is going to devour the church, and it's going to make church teachings uh, into things that are not welcome in the public square, and that's going to have all sorts of compl- uh, consequences. And so it's an opportunity for people to be, uh, to, who have seen that to answer the question, what should we do? Uh, and I'm really encu- I'm encouraged, to use that word again, to see that so many are seeing it and so many are asking the question, which
1: is, which is great. It's the case everywhere I go. You might think that when the government acts and wants to influence the church, sometimes it's heavy-handed, sometimes it's subtle. How do you see things as they're developing right at the moment? Uh, is this a subtlety uh, that is just, uh, you know, warming the church along to influence and uh, the, you know, the greater uh, way of, of actually, uh, you know, even directing the way church behaves and, and performs? Or is there something much more heavy handed happening? I think something quite overt
0: is happening. So, my talk was titled Living in the Legislative Crosshairs, which sounds dramatic. But the reason it was dramatically titled is because something dramatic has happened, which is that, particularly in the state of Victoria, legislation has passed, which for the first time is very, very specific about the fact that it wants to make Christian beliefs on certain subject matter. That subject matter being uh, issues of sexual orientation, gender identity, sexuality, Christian ethics. It wants to make Christian viewpoints on those issues into crimes. Uh, and it couldn't be clearer. The legislation is, is, it says what it says. And I actually stepped through the legislation with the crowd. I went through it line by line and said, well, you can see what this means, can't you? You can see what this means, can't you? And it was so obvious by the end that we were going to be in a situation in Victoria, at least, where Christian people who hold to biblical sexual ethics and gender ethics in their families, in their churches, in their professions, in their private lives are now living against the law because the law says they can't have those beliefs and they certainly can't live by them. Um, And that is a watershed moment in our country. We've not really had something that overt, that blatant before. And we might say, well, only in Victoria, to which I say, I'm very sorry to break it to you. Not only in Victoria, they're already talking in Western Australia about having the same laws, for example. So there has been a line crossed. And so this is not dramatic. And I see this as something quite new in Australia.
1: Now, we're only two weeks out from another state election and this is going to be in the state of Western Australia and as you say there are other states that are already looking at what's happened in Victoria and planning to go that direction. It is already a part of the platform of the McGowan government in WA. What are your fears here, Martin, uh, when it comes to things, the way they spread, as they did with uh, issues around uh, euthanasia and abortion? seems to get a great start in Victoria, and then other states seem to be infected by that.
0: Well, that's exactly right, and I think that's one of the things that was in the, the minds of the Victorian policymakers was that they wanted to lead the world with their legislation, you know, quote-unquote, lead the world. So they wanted to have the strongest, the most draconian legislation in the world, and they achieved it. There's people who say, well, these laws, they're called conversion therapy laws, but people shouldn't be too distracted by the name because what they contain is quite something else. But uh, these laws, people say, well, they're coming in Canada, they're coming in New Zealand, they're coming in America— the truth is what we see in Victoria is the worst in the world by such a long margin that it's not even close. Uh, And what Victoria did was set a high watermark uh, and also set an example for other states, at least in Australia, to follow. And the question I think put to the McGowan government recently was, would you follow the Victorian example? And they said, well, we certainly wouldn't rule that out. Um, And so the indications from them is that they are thinking about this and they're thinking about Victoria as a model. Uh, And the difficulty is that the McGowan government is set to be returned to government with a historic majority. And I think that then Mark McGowan will have the kind of boldness that Daniel Andrews has had for these past few years following a massive election win to bring in some of this, well, let's call it social engineering, let's call it, you know, draconian anti-freedom stuff, whatever, but conversion therapy being one of them. And that will have big implications for the church in WA.
1: Martin, what makes you think that the church is here in the crosshairs, that the church is the target? Uh, where these governments are being so heavy-handed. Um, I mean because some people will say, "Oh, isn't it just uh, those professional counselors or trying to uh, you know uh, trying to outlaw those dreadful torture acts that maybe have happened in some historical context? What makes you think that the Christian church is in the crosshairs?"
0: Well, two things. So there's what the legislation actually says and what the policymakers have actually said publicly. But then there's also what I know about the people involved and what their motives are and what's driving them. So early on, before this law even existed, um, those who were writing up the research papers and the policy briefings, they were already saying, okay, harmful conversion practices include more than just the things that you and I have come to associate with abuse and coercion and so forth. Of course, nobody minds if that gets banned because it isn't even happening in Australia, let's be clear. Um, but these these practices include other things like prayer, and they said they include statements like "love the sinner, hate the sin." They include churches, and they specifically continually referred to religious communities and faith communities. And they said churches which have a policy of uh, welcome but don't affirm. And of course, a church can't take any other stance if they want to be biblical and they want to be walk that line of loving people but asking people, you know, pointing people towards Christ at the same time. So, they're very clear about that and then they said, we want to target the ideology behind these practices and statements and you've got to ask yourself, well, what's the ideology at play here? Clearly, it's Christianity and then, of course, the law has actually come in now and the law couldn't be more overt. For example, it specifically criminalizes prayer, specifically, and it specifically criminalizes religious practices which can be seen to suppress a person's sexual orientation or gender identity, which can include a sermon from the pulpit about marriage, a sermon from the pulpit about sexual ethics, which could include counselling of a person about their gender identity, which could include a parent in a home. And the the legislation actually specifically says, uh, you know, a parent in a home who, 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 you know, for example, discourages their child from irreversible gender transition could be a domestic abuser. Um, And all of these things are written into the legislation. And the other thing it makes clear is that it only applies to one side of the belief spectrum. So it says that if you're trying to make someone transition gender, that's not gender conversion. That's not a crime. But if you're stopping someone from transitioning gender or discouraging them from gender dysphoria, then that is conversion practice. That is a crime. So it only applies to the Christian side of this belief spectrum. So for those reasons, and knowing what I know of the people behind this and what makes them tick and their anti-religious biases,
1: I can tell you that this is targeted at the church. And the way that a church person might respond, and undoubtedly you're talking to Christian people all over the nation when you get to travel, uh, there would be some who'd be saying, I can't believe this is even happening in Australia, you know, you must be dreaming. Uh, Martin Niles you must be just sort of stirring the pot somehow to get a little bit of uh, publicity to get a headline or two people can't believe this is happening in Australia what do you say to people who are at this moment still coming to grips with the idea that this is happening on our shores yeah, look, this is a huge problem. Um, so when you try and explain to people where
0: things are really at politically, if they're not already there or they're not halfway on the journey to seeing what's happening, um, they generally switch off and they sort of can't, they, they, they don't want to take it in. Uh, and I think that that's almost, uh, uh, it's, it's a, some, of it's, some of it's a coping mechanism, but some of it is just that what you're saying seems too far beyond what they see as the current reality. So they just don't quite believe it. So, that's a huge problem that, that stops us from fully informing people of what's going on because people don't want to believe it. However, I think a lot of people are starting to see um, who are politically engaged that there are people in politics who kind of do have an agenda which is quite specifically anti-Christian uh, and they are starting to see how that so much of the last few years, particularly since the same-sex marriage vote, uh, have played out. With many of these equal opportunity commissions and these anti-discrimination tribunals going after ordinary christian folk uh, for saying things and doing things which we would regard as completely reasonable Uh, we've done put together a number of stories for a religious freedom campaign for example which includes say a doctor who's lost his accreditation for stating his christian views online uh, or a mother from brisbane who signed a drag anti-drag queen story time petition to say don't have drag queen story time in my child's library shared that on her Facebook, got pursued by one of these tribunals. This has been going on enough that most people are starting to say, you know what, something's really amiss. Uh, and I would say to those who aren't fully aware of what the agenda is behind these new laws, i just say, look, access groups like the ACL so that you can keep up with the news and so that you can see what's going on in the political square. Because the more you do that, the more you follow along, the more you'll see, oh, actually, sadly, this is where our society has come to very, very quickly and perhaps quicker than any of us could have imagined.
1: So for people who are concerned about this, concerned that their local church uh, doesn't do much in a political realm right now, might need to change that and start to address these things. Because it may not be too long before your pastor's sermon notes might be required as evidence. Or there might be some sort of re-education process that might come to your local church to make sure you're doing the right thing. And it might be subtle, but it'll have a, a certain uh, motivation to it. Uh, so what are your thoughts about acting now before this comes? Because perhaps we'd say it's already here. But what should people be thinking and doing right now, Martin?
0: You well, know, people need to be ready beforehand. You know, I always say that's a great principle of Christian wisdom. Uh, Daniel purposed in his heart beforehand that he wasn't going to do the wrong thing defile himself with the king's meat. He was going to be ready for the pressure that was coming. And one of the things I was saying at the conference is we need to be ready. We need to adjust our mindsets now and say, you know what, we've got to draw a line. We've got to uh, decide where it is that we stand and from which the point from which we don't move. Uh, and I've been very, very pleased to see, for example, the Presbyterian Church of Australia put out a statement to say, look when a law like this comes along, which specifically criminalizes Christian practices, we have no choice but to defy the law. Uh, And the Presbyterian Church said when Daniel found out that the king had signed an edict that he wasn't to pray, uh, he went away and the quote in Daniel chapter 6 is, he did as he had done previously. He didn't change a thing because he obeyed God rather than men, which is what the apostle said in Acts chapter 5. And I think that's for the first time this overtly and clearly in Australia, the church is facing a situation where they say, ah, the state has asked us to do something which is clearly wrong, clearly contradicts what God has asked us to say and do, we must ignore it. And so you have a church, a whole church church denomination encouraging civil disobedience. But here's the other thing I'd say to people, don't just throw up your hands in despair, because we talk about, you know, these things which are just around the corner, which make the future look like it's got some dark clouds over it, but we still have freedom right now. And it's no point throwing up our hands and saying, oh, the world's falling apart, help, help, help. What we've got to do is say, well, what am I going to do about it? And there are groups like the ACL who give you an opportunity to do something about it. And I've been thrilled at the number of people who've been stepping up to do something about it, have been signing up to volunteer, who've been parts of our Days of Action Just on Saturday, we connected through just in the morning. The update I got late morning was that 3,000 people had been connected through in New South Wales to fill in this survey to support Mark Latham's uh, parental rights bill down there, for example. Huge amounts of grassroots action are happening. I just say, get involved. It's growing. It's growing fast for good reason. Let's use the freedom we have while we can to do as much good as we can.
1: A lot of people are looking to the Australian Christian lobby because you have a wonderful way of mobilising people and it's action, it's feet on the ground, it's people who are ready to roll up their sleeves and do a little hard work. Now, just come back to this Western Australian state election for a moment, and the likelihood is that it's going to be a landslide win for the McGowan government. Uh, We're talking about these sorts of policies that have passed in Victoria, likely to be on the agenda uh, for the McGowan government when they win office. Some people are in despair because there doesn't seem to be a strong opposition, a strong conservative voice in WA. You've got a standing army uh, in the ACL, people who are ready to roll up their sleeves. People are linking to your uh, volunteer army of people who are ready to get out there, knock on doors, hand out pamphlets, do what it takes. What are your thoughts for what's coming in WA? And is it too late now to get involved for people to be on the ground and part of doing something important. Not too
0: late at all. Uh, acl.org.au slash volunteer, put the details in. Someone will call you from our office and talk to you, and it doesn't, ablo- it doesn't commit you to anything. Uh, it just means that you get the opportunity to take part in the actions that are, that are going on, and every strategy is tailored to the circumstances. So we know, for example, apart from some uh, s- spectacular intervention from God, that uh, Mark McGowan will bring it home with a massive majority in WA. So that means that what ACL is doing in WA is not to try and win the election for the Liberals. What we are doing is we've identified a couple of really, really, really good Christian MPs who are very, very, very solid in their convictions and who will take the case up to a McGowan government that goes too far and particularly goes too far against Christian values in a new term. And we've decided we're going to support them and we're going to help to bolster their position, bolster their campaign capabilities and keep them in the parliament. Uh, So that when the steamroller comes through, as we're all expecting, they're not steamrolled and they're still there and they're still able to be a voice for good and have a tremendous influence in the opposition for good and against the government for good. So that's the sort of thing we do. We tailor a strategy to each specific set of circumstances. And the effect of what we're doing is cumulative. The first time around, politicians can ignore it. The second time around, it's a bit harder to ignore, and as it grows, and as their existence becomes more and more shaped by these many thousands of Christian voices who are in their ear all the time, which is what's happening, I mean, this is dominating their world in some states, particularly Victoria, there comes a point where the Christian voice, simply by its volume and size, is starting to change the way they think, and starting to change their behaviour, and that's what we're working towards. Uh, So, this is a movement that's growing, it's cumulative, Uh, And it's having a huge impact. And WA is another step along the way where we hope to
1: achieve some good that will endure through the next government. In WA, the opposition's leader is Zach Kirkup, and uh, he's basically conceded defeat two weeks out from the state election. Uh, There is a Christian party in WA, Australian Christians. Uh, As people are thinking, for WA listeners in in particular today, thinking about, you know, which direction should they go? Will I volunteer and be part of this standing army? Uh, I'm going to be casting a vote in two weeks' time. Uh, There is a preferential voting system. Uh, There's a Christian party in there. Do I support them? Do I support the Liberal Party? Do I just give my vote to the Labor Party? Because that's what everybody else seems to be doing. What are your thoughts for that listener in WA right now thinking Hmm. about what will change in WA after this coming state election what do you think they should do? I think they should do
0: as much as they possibly can Uh, for some people that will mean that they're at a stage where they could sign up as a volunteer either to ACL or to one of the parties and that might be the Australian Christians which you mentioned who are wonderful people Uh, or it might be for their local Liberal member Uh, and I think that that's the way to go at the moment because you've got to try and keep the McGowan government in check next time around when they want to do some really serious moral social engineering, which they've indicated they might want to. So do as much as you can. Now, if you cannot be involved, and some Christian folk are so busy doing so much good and so busy raising a huge family that they cannot go to the extent of, you know, really getting out there and volunteering for many hours, and that's fine. All I would say is be fully informed follow groups like the ACL, understand what's going on, and vote accordingly, and tell your family and friends to vote accordingly. One of the difficulties in Western Australia is that Mark McGowan is so highly regarded for his handling of coronavirus, and I understand that, I really do. Uh, And um, the difficulty is that many Christians in WA will be saying, well, he's done such a great job on this, I might just vote for him. But of course, what we forget there is that as the scripture says, it's righteousness that exalts a nation. And we need to be thinking about morals here when we vote. Uh, And I think that you as a person in Western Australia with family and friends connections, can help them to, to come back to what's most important, which is the morals issue, talk to them, let them know, particularly if they live in a seat that's occupied by I don't know, someone like Peter Barnes who's a tremendous, solid uh, values, strong values Christian member, um, you know, there's an opportunity to, to support someone who's worth supporting uh, and so you, you know, that's what I'd encourage people in WA to do right now.
1: Well, we have run out of time just to say that just ahead we'll have another special guest and we'll continue along some of the things that we've been talking about. We're going to be talking to the Reverend Dr. Peter Barnes, who is the Moderator-General of the Presbyterian Church in Australia. He's the one that Martin referred to as coming out very strongly and very courageously saying, we're even in for this uh, to the point of civil disobedience, uh, what they're advising their ministers in the state of Victoria and around Australia. So we're going to continue our conversation there. As Martin Isles says, get informed and understand what's happening it's not just a little bit of speculation this is actually happening right now you can get lots of good detail and resource And you can even find a way that you can actively volunteer and be a part of a solution here at the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. That's acl.org.au. Martin Niles, I wish we had lots more time today. We don't, but I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with listeners today on 2020. It's always a pleasure, Neil. Thank you.